Hello and welcome to Reading the Bible Cover to Cover in 365 Days. My name is Andrea Lendy, author of the book and Bible reader and studier for over a decade. And I'm excited to share some thoughts with you about today's reading. Welcome to day 32 of Reading the Bible Cover to Cover in 365 Days. Let us pray. Oh Lord, thank you for your faithfulness. Help us lean into your word today and receive the message you desire us to receive from you. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, Jesus told parables in Mark chapter 4. We see again the parable of the sower who went to sow seeds. It is the first parable he told here. The people who heard it, including his disciples, did not understand its meaning. He later told the disciples what it meant, so I won't go into an explanation of it here. You can read that for yourselves. However, I do find it interesting that he spoke so often in parables. Some say it provided the less educated a way to understand the principles he talked about. Others say he told parables to separate the believers from the non-believers. Those who sought truth would find it, and those who didn't would not. But he did decode the meaning to his inner circle. And the one part of this parable I believe we should be wary of is in verse 19, which says, Then the cares and anxieties of the world and distractions of the age and the pleasure and delight and false glamour and deceitfulness of riches and the craving and passionate desire for other things creep in and choke and suffocate the word and it becomes fruitless. These are the things that I believe we need to pay attention to. We will read more about false idols as we move through the Old Testament. We can easily see their idols, but I'm not sure we can fully see our own. Something to lean into here because God desires our full worship, not just worship when it's convenient and not just worship once a week. Another powerful nugget in this chapter is found in verse 24, which says, And he said to them, Be careful what you are hearing. The measure of thought and study you give to the truth you hear will be the measure of virtue and knowledge that comes back to you. And more besides will be given to you who hear. Whatever we let our minds think on, we will reap in that area of thought. If we continually think on sin, we will read sin. If it is righteousness with God, then we will lean into that and continue to learn more about righteousness. Well, let's look at Romans chapter four and see what Paul has to say. I'm always surprised at how God's word answers our questions and then comes to support those answers. We find Paul writing about Abraham in verse three, which says, for what does scripture say? Abraham believed in, trusted in God, and it was credited to his account as righteousness, right living and right standing with God. And that came out of Genesis chapter 15, verse 6. Abraham was 75 years old when God told him to leave his homeland and promised he would make him a great nation. He was 99 when God told him he would have a son in the next year and was 100 when Isaac was born. He waited 25 years for God's promise to come to pass. He waited a long time to experience that promise of God. What must he have been thinking on all those years? Well, there was one time when his faith wavered for but a moment. God called him out into the night air and told him to look to the sky. He gave him the vision of his descendants as he looked to the sky. And the scripture tells us his faith was strong from that moment on. His faith was considered righteousness in God's sight. Faith is belief. And belief is either strengthened or weakened by our thoughts and actions. God gave Abraham something to think on. As we think on God, 
We can thank him and praise him. And as we do, our faith increases. The more we do these things, the more our faith is strengthened. So just as Jesus tells us to be careful what we are hearing, thinking, and studying, we can alter these things to gain something which is great, and that is faith. We have Jesus' sacrifice to think on now. We have God's Son's blood that covers us. No matter what our current circumstances are, let's think on the grace of God and lean into the forgiveness we are offered through Jesus' sacrifice. Let's think on the more important and heavenly things we are granted because of his sacrifice. Our joy isn't in worldly things, but in the kingdom of God, to which we all belong as we believe Jesus died for our sins. Let's see what's happening with Moses and the Israelites in Exodus chapter 13. God called Moses to sanctify the firstborn children and beasts. He said they were his. The firstborn of animals, except the donkey and other unclean animals, were to be given to the priests as a sacrifice to God. The firstborn male children were to be brought into the temple and redeemed with money. That is, redeemed with money. Five shekels, which is approximately 100 grams of pure silver. The firstborn males were to be redeemed. Moses also told the people they were to celebrate the Passover and release from captivity for all time. So God's power and might would be remembered for all time. The story of their release would be told forever to remember. And now we have the privilege of reading about all these things and praising God for all he is. God led his people with fire by day and a cloud by night. Verse 22 says the pillar of cloud by day and the pillar of fire by night did not depart from before the people. God shows his faithfulness to his people as he led them away from captivity. Even though the people would grumble and complain, he never left them. In chapter 14, God has a plan. He would once again harden Pharaoh's heart so that Pharaoh would pursue them even though he told them to leave. God told Moses to lead the people to the Red Sea and the complaining begins as the Egyptians overtook the Israelites. They were frightened, as I'm sure we would have been as well. However, in verse 13, Moses told them, fear not, stand still, firm, confident, undismayed, and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will work for you today. For the Egyptians you have seen today, you shall never see again. We find similar words in the New Testament. In Ephesians chapter 6, verse 13, Paul writes, therefore, Put on God's complete armor that you may be able to resist and stand your ground on the evil day of danger. And having done all the crisis demands, to stand firmly in your place. And this is what Moses told the people to do way back when. It is clearly evident how God saved the Israelites thousands of years ago. The challenge I make to you is to believe God is the same today. We have the power and might of God working in our lives today. While our circumstances may look, look grim at best for us right now, God does have a plan. We just need to keep our eyes on him and not on the difficulties around us. Verse 19 says, And the angel of God who went before the host of Israel moved and went behind them, and the pillar of the cloud went before them and stood behind them. God's protection was between his people and the enemy. There were 600,000 men plus women and children that the Lord protected that day. Let us believe he is protecting us today. Well, Psalm 32 follows our last two Psalms in terms of where David was in writing this Psalm. 
He had sinned when he counted his troops and suffered the painstaking loss of 70,000 people due to this sin. In our psalm today, he is thankful for forgiveness. In fact, in verse 1, he is thankful for continual forgiveness for his sins. Then he writes about how awful it felt before he had confessed his sin before the Lord. Verse 5 is encouraging as he writes about the instant forgiveness he is offered once he confessed. Verse 7 is a favorite of mine. You are a hiding place for me. You, Lord, preserve me from trouble. You surround me with songs and shouts of deliverance. Salah, pause and calmly think of that. Verse 10 is also underlined in my Bible and says, Many are the sorrows of the wicked, but he who trusts in, relies on, and confidently leans on the Lord shall be compassed about with mercy and with loving kindness. I return to the phrase compassed about with mercy and loving kindness often in my prayers and in my thoughts. I find God to be merciful and loving as he teaches me new things and forgives me for my old ways. Lastly, David tells us to be glad and rejoice in God and not just be glad, but shout for joy. How often, if ever, have we shouted for joy in the Lord? While we may shout at ball games and other places, we probably don't offer shouts to the Lord. Let us rejoice in him today and offer a shout of joy unto him. And let us pray, O Lord, we see your might and power in past times and believe in your might and power today. Lord, deliver us from evil both in ourselves and keep us from evil in the world. Help us rejoice in you no matter the difficulties we face. May we offer up shouts of joy to you today. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for walking this journey with me and being a faithful reader of God's word. I pray that he shows himself as the God who loves you deeply and cares about every detail in your life. Come back tomorrow for some more thoughts and insights as you read God's word.